0: All right everybody welcome to BO boys for Thursday July 7th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We are doing it live. I'm Clayton.
1: Yeah, I'm Pat and Clayton. We got a huge movie opening this weekend. We got a MCU movie, something that some people say could be the biggest movie this summer. We'll, we'll be the judges of that. Um, I mean, do you want to get right to our, our Thor love and thunder predictions? Or is there anything that we need to go over any housekeeping for what happened this past weekend?
0: I I don't think there's any housekeeping from this past weekend that we have to talk about.
1: Munyons have been I, dominating, having a good week. Um, yeah. haven't, haven't really checked the dailies on it, but it looks like the Munyons are, you know, are, are just are just doing well throughout the week. Kids are well, home. Gonna, Kids are seeing the Munyons.
0: It's gonna be the largest theater count still. Mm-hmm. The Munyons are adding thirty six theaters, but they are losing some premium theaters.
1: So, will the Munyons this weekend have more screens than Thor: Love and Thunder? Or
0: yes. Yeah, so, according really. To- the numbers Thor: Love and Thunder is opening in four thousand three hundred seventy-five theaters, mm-hmm. and uh, our beloved Munions will be at uh, 4,427.
1: Wow, good for these Munions! They are mm-hmm. they are bigger than the MCU. Wow, good for them. Yeah. They listen, they've earned it. And I'm looking at these these weekday totals, and the Munions on Tuesday. Made a had a seventeen and a half million dollar Tuesday. That is they, a, a jump over the Monday Fourth of July holiday. Um, they had a thirteen and a half million dollar Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, kids are home, and that is what they're doing all week. So,
0: Box Office Pro is projecting mm-hmm. that the millions are going to drop about fifty nine percent. Which, I mean. It's possible, but I would go lower on that I, I would think go lower the, yeah now do you think the virility of the Munions is going to go down because you know of course the gentlemen the gentleman gentlemanions is that what the gentlemanions
1: yeah hashtag# gentlemanions that's the they the teenagers in suits
0: really came out mm-hmm. do you think they'll continue to come out? Do you think that was a blip on the radar and then this thing's going to come back to earth i mean or do you I, think it's it's just going to be it's just going to c- continue to to go
1: i think that it'll last at least through another weekend because y- you have different levels of kids who who do these stunts at different times so you listen you had your the coolest teenagers they did their gentle thing on weekend one the first couple of days it was out. But you also still have the the, you know, I mean, let's just say the lamer teenagers, the 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 dweebs, the dorks, the geeks who don't jump on the trends right away and they get to it a little later. And so I think those will be the teenagers who do the gentle uh, uh, outings this weekend. and maybe they'll get made fun of for doing it so late. you know, the cool teenagers, the the jocks and and, and uh you know the the uh, the captains of the football team or whatever and uh, the cheerleader teenagers, they'll be like, we did this last weekend, this is over. And those kids do it now, they'll be in their suits, but they will have already bought the tickets. they're already at the theater. So their box office counts. So it doesn't matter that they're doing the trend late. They're still doing it. They still bought tickets. So I do think you're going to see a lot of gentle munions this weekend, but I think they'll be more embarrassed about doing it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: Because yeah, yeah, it might already, there might already be another TikTok challenge right. that they're behind.
1: Right, right, right. But remember, there were people doing the ice bucket challenge like three months later. You know, so th- there will be gentle teenagers, uh, probably for another couple of weeks. You know, there's going to be teenagers who discover the existence of it. Like the weekend Nope is coming out and start doing gentle munions. And, and you know, so, so you, you just have the people who were not in the know. They'll be the ones who do gentle munions over the, the rest of the summer.
0: So uh, let's talk a little bit then about Thor: Love and Thunder because that's the big mm-hmm. movie opening. It's another Marvel movie when in what seems like an endless stream of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't so long ago that Doctor Strange came out and did. I mean, it did buff a Bobo. Let's be honest, it did. But it did.
1: No matter what you nobody's... think of the MCU, whether you're tired of it, whether you, uh, it came out the beginning of May and. You know, it is its domestic run is what four hundred and ten million dollars. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a huge hit. You can't say people are sick of this stuff yet, but
0: I mean, open to $187 right million dollars. Right. So it's at four ten, like you said, domestic, almost a billion dollar baby. Right. Nine hundred and forty seven. Right. So right. it's a success anyway you slice it.
1: It's a success, but there were there's starting to be some cracks in these MCU movies. Yeah,
0: there's you know, fatigue
1: be, beyond just the people who've always wanted this to fail. I, mm. I, you do see you had the Eternals, you know, last last spring or when was that? That would have been uh fall of 2021. You had the Eternals, which is you know critically and commercially the biggest failure the MCU has, has had since since the hulk um you know and then i do think doctor strange was one of those movies that had there was some audience that were a little put off by the the style of that movie it definitely didn't underwhelm at the box office but it didn't hit the highest of expectations so there there are some cracks going into this, and you've just had a dozen years straight of these movies at this point,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah. or more than that. Fourth, Iron Man was what 2008, so we're going into like 14 years of these MCU movies, is the fourth Thor movie. So, as much as they've become ingrained as you know, the main form of movie going they're also starting to get a little long in the tooth.
0: I mean, that's the thing about Marvel and Pixar. We've talked about Pixar a lot on this show. Mm -hmm. And yes, we did bury Lightyear. And yes, Lightyear deserves to be buried. But the run of success that Pixar had Mm -hmm. is unprecedented. Mm -hmm. And the run that Marvel had and is having still is unprecedented. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But with all things there is an end right and th- and this this it doesn't feel like it's there, but it does feel like there the fatigue is finally setting in.
1: Yeah I mean, I feel like we're at the point now where when if but if these movies do start underperforming more consistently, I think we're in the period where, People are going to point back and to and say, this is where we saw it coming, or at least this is when we started first saw the crack. I mean, so here we go: Thor 4, Thor Love and Thunder. Does this feel like an MCU movie that is going to overperform? Because the last Thor movie, Ragnarok, was definitely in that category. That was a movie that was bigger than either of the previous installments. It mm-hmm. went way over expectations. It was very leggy. It was very well liked. I mean, here's full disclosure. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna state it right up top. I have a conflict of interest here because I did see this movie before we got on the air. I got out of okay. work. I used my AMCA list, which I feel Love like that. I need to use it. You know, it, it's something that that it, it's like going to the gym. If you got the membership, whether you want to or not, you got to go. And I, I used it and I saw this movie and we're not critics. I'm not here to review the movie. Huh. But this to me was the worst. And I am. A, I'm someone who likes Marvel a lot more than you. I really liked Ragnarok. I really thought this was a bad movie. And more than that, it was not playing very well in the screening I was at.
0: Oh, that's big.
1: It wasn't, you know, more than just what I thought of it. I'm there to get a feel for the crowd. And the crowd was not that into this movie. The jokes were not landing. Titters at first. No guffaws. No one rolling in the aisle.
0: No guffaws. And no... ROFLs.
1: No ROFLs. And there's a a very heavy subplot throughout this movie that I do think is going to be a problem. Maybe not for opening weekend, but for the legs of this movie. I think it's not a pure feel-good time at the movies, Mm. which I don't know why they would. It's a Thor- comedy movie just just have it be what it is instead they have this really heavy subplot that I think is going to be very tough for audiences to be able to recommend this movie so coming out of that and looking at the or the reviews on this movie which again critics for the most part don't matter but critics have been very pro-marvel especially the last five, six years. So
0: disgustingly. So I would say
1: disgustingly. So. so I think you can't hand wave away when the critics turn on a Marvel movie because critics have been probably one of the, the reasons why Marvel has been allowed to become the dominant genre. Yes. And the fact that what is this on Rotten Tomatoes in the 60% 68
0: as of recording now which is Thursday evening. I
1: I don't know how much that's going to mean for opening weekend but again I I don't feel like Thor Love and Thunder is going to be a big long-term above average hit for the MCU. Okay. Uh, um so that that is where I'm at. I think also, and I'll say this because it's pretty much out there, it's audiences have become aware that the Guardians are not really in this movie. You know, I've seen that already. There's been warnings all over social media from people who have seen it. Basically, warnings Guardians are not really in this movie. The trailer makes it seem like this is a team up movie, and word has gotten out. This Guardians are in this for like a minute and a half. And I think when that word fully gets out, that's going to be a problem. Maybe again, maybe not for the opening weekend, but definitely for the legs of this movie. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm going into this prediction a little negative, but again, full disclosure, I am compromised because I saw the movie.
0: Yeah. You were compromised, which it's hard. It's so hard to separate those things, right? Because, when you don't like something, you assume that it probably won't do well. Right. Now right. you're pro and you're not gonna do that. And you do understand that there's a certain amount of geeks that need to go of course uh of course. the first weekend. It's kind of like, you know, some people need to touch doorknobs, some people need to wash their hands right. uh, a bunch of times. And and there's people who need to go to Marvel movies the first weekend. Right. And So this will not be affected, really, by the reviews in the first weekend, as you've stated. It's going to be the people who maybe weren't going to see this, but then they were like... Or they thought they were maybe going to see it, but then they saw the reviews. It's at 68. They talked to one of the geeks that they know, and the geek said, Nah, nah, man. You don't need to see it.
1: Right, right.
0: And so... Right now, Box Office Pro has Mm -hmm. this tracking between 135 to 165, and they're going with 154. So where that would put it in openings for Marvel movies... So
1: significantly below what Doctor Strange just did in May.
0: Well, the thing, though, with that is that Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange was looked at as there's going to be a lot of crazy shit in this. Mm-hmm. It's connected to WandaVision. It's the first multiverse movie, although it's not because No Way Home was. Mm-hmm. But I think that's that made it a bigger event, right? How yes. Civil War was a bigger event because it, it meant something more than just a Captain Marvel movie.
1: Right, right.
0: So right now, if if box office pro is correct that would edge out captain marvel which opened to 153 Mm -hmm. back in march of 2019 it'd be around where guardians of the galaxy volume 2 opened which was 146 Mm -hmm. in may of 2017 and it would beat out ragnarok which opened at 122 which was like you said the high watermark for Thor films at the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, even before you said that, was looking at 150 as the over-under because I basically okay. thought it, I, I knew that the Ragnarok opened at 122, Strange that came out in May opened at 185, so I figured split the difference and 150 is the over-under. Because I agree, this is not getting anywhere near Doctor Strange 2 because there doesn't seem to be any uh, uh, even thoughts of there being a surprise or an added value in this movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've talked about the trailers for Thor, Love, and Thunder and how vague they've been and how they've had a hard time even hinting at something particularly interesting or, or enticing. And I think the word is going to get out, of, out on this movie, whether people liked it or not, that there isn't anything particularly important coming out of this movie. And I think for nowadays for these Marvel movies, that is the drawing point you know or at least the drawing point that makes things like pop really big you know yeah
0: they've painted themselves into a corner in that way where right. things seem to only get bigger and if something doesn't seem big then it suffers by comparison
1: right 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 like spoiler alert uh 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 wolverine is not in this thor movie okay you know? okay Like, spoiler alert
0: Nicholson isn't Iron Man in this movie.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like, spoiler alert, the Munyans are not in this Thor movie, Mm -hmm. you know? So, once that word gets out that there aren't any crazy cameos, there's no one from The Office being fan casted as a superhero in this movie. I, I, I do think. Those are the type of things that get out early, and maybe do affect whether someone goes to see it on Saturday or Sunday night because they start to hear, "Oh, it's just a Thor movie." You know, it, it's it, not it's- Thor plus, uh, uh, you know, uh, the Spider Man is in it. You know that that's not happening.
0: But I also feel like there's a level of people being fatigued by the big event nature of all these movies as well though because it seems to mirror the way that the comic books especially in the late 80s and 90s started to do big crossover events and it was like you have to buy every marvel title to know what's going on and people got bummed out by that because they didn't want to have to keep track of every single title. They wanted to just be able to read Spider-Man and know what's going on with Spider-Man and not have to buy all these ancillary titles. Right. And the cool thing about Marvel to start in the 60s was, oh, wow, look, so Spider-Man and Fantastic Four live in the same city, and Fantastic Four will see Spider-Man swinging by, and that's cool, and that's what these movies created, that sense of, oh, they all live in the same universe but then when it becomes a a uh you know one of those uh you know yarn uh crime right. scene things that you know the 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 charlie from always sunny meme right. that's when i think people are getting fatigued by it
1: right right i mean it, it's it's you know We'll, we''ll we'll we'll see how it does, but I I do just have a, a bad a bad feeling about it. And I think that if a movie like this, a, an MCU movie doesn't have any big event, big cameo stuff, then to some degree it has to be good, mm-hmm. not to open well because the movie's going to open huge. But it has to be good the way Ragnarok was quote unquote good, or at least most people liked it. Yeah. in order to feel like an event. You know, Thor Ragnarok felt like an event because it was a comedy movie that everyone really, really liked, and it was well-reviewed. So I think mm-hmm. if this movie doesn't have that going for it, then it really doesn't have anything going for it other than it's an MCU movie, and to some degree, it's going to do well. So mm-hmm. I guess all that said, because we're going to be talking about on Monday's episode what happened at this point let's let's give our predictions of how well this is going to open so so you- this
0: is going to be on most PLFs and IMAX screens so mm-hmm. the munions are going to take a back seat to thor mm-hmm. so i think that those premium screens are going to inflate this because people are out and people are seeing premium screens they're loving the IMAX. They're loving the PLFs. So I'm actually going to go close to what the they're saying on Box Office Pro, and I'm going to go. I'm going to go 156. So I'm going to say that wow. this is going to open higher than Captain Marvel.
1: I'm going to go, and again, I'm com- I, I'm compromised because I saw the movie, um, but. I'm going to go on the lower end, and I, my prediction is 145.
0: Okay. Now, now, Pat, I, you you have every right to have your opinion. Right. But just look at the past few weekends. Has anything that was supposed to, other than Lightyear, which was a mm-hmm. major disaster- But and it did. It was a huge question mark.
1: But But did. that was a movie that way underperformed. So there is precedent for if a movie- Is and and we've we've litigated that many times why why that movie underperformed, but that was a big IP movie from Disney, huge promotional push, and it way underperformed. So, and I'm not saying Thor is going to open at 120, you know, I'm I'm saying it's going to open on the lower end of the over under, and I think that is very possible. Again, and okay. the other the other reason for that is there are options. You know, even as recent as Doctor Strange opening in May, Doctor Strange opened uh, that first week in May, and I don't think there had been a big release for the two weeks previous to that. Yeah, you know, so that's not the case with Thor. Is Thor is coming out at a time when you've got the Munyans are huge just opened this past weekend. Maverick is still, you know, is still flying high. People are still loving that movie. The dinos are out there. Elvis is drawn in the older people. You've got, you've got other movies, in a way that Doctor Strange was able to open up, and basically have no new competition when it came out.
0: Yeah, I I just there's options here. People. I think there's options, which is great. But I think that people want to see the new hot movie. Right. It's an 87 score for audience right now. Mm-hmm. So the audience is liking it better than critics. Now, of course, that's the hardcore is trying to pump it up. Right. But still, I think this weekend is going to be a big opening weekend for this movie.
1: I, I agree. And
0: And then I do think that it drops probably pretty big. But I'm seeing, I'm seeing a, this thing flying high. I, I can't see it's we're we're not in Pixar territory now with Marvel yet. So, no, no. So, so I I don't, and I'm low. You know, I'm low on Marvel. I usually go low on Marvel all the time, but I feel like this one's going to open higher because from the trailers, and I know you said they were vague, but. It looks fun from the trailers, and I think people are going to go in there expecting a fun movie.
1: I I think some of that word's going to get out, and the Saturday night and Sundays are going to take a little bit of a hit from the initial word of mouth from people who see it on Thursday night and Friday. But I I, I definitely think Sunday is going to be 10 million of our prediction. I mean, I'm saying 145. You said what? 155.
0: I said 156.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's also where I'm just going under 150. You're going over 150.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, but okay. So Either
1: way, this was a movie that before the summer, I think a lot of people thought may have been the biggest opening weekend of the summer. You know, back in May or June, I think there would have been some people who would have confidently thought this would open higher than whatever Doctor Strange did and i think well, the I- fact that now we're all at the point where we'd be shocked if it opened near doctor strange too i i knows. don't i don't th-
0: i don't think anybody thought this was going to open bigger than strange just because of the the multiverse the, ma- the the multiverse situation where that was going to be a movie you needed to see because of the Wanda stuff and mm-hmm. who knew if the three Spider-Mens were gonna be in it. I think it's a bigger event, like I said, like a Civil War compared to this, which is a solo movie. Now, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, it could have been a crossover. It should have been. I mean, I know creatively maybe he didn't wanna do it, the director, but it was set up for it. That would have done Buffa bobo Right, right. Uh, so they decided to go a different direction and that's fine. But, you know, they're leaving money on the table here with not having this being a Thor plus Guardians, almost, almost, a a Guardians three and a half or whatever. Right, Right. So saying that. Yes. It is funny to think that we were talking in our summer preview, which is still available and you should listen to with Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co., Mm-hmm. And Thor love and Thunder, we were talking about it could be the biggest domestic. It had a shot. and now I'm looking here at this these Maverick numbers and it's gonna go over 600 mil domestic. Mm-hmm. like Maverick's gonna be the the biggest domestic earner of the summer.
1: Oh, hundred percent. I mean, at this I mean listen, Thor hasn't even come out yet, but I think just ballparking it. I would be shocked if Thor came in. I mean, I feel like Munions, Top Gun, Jurassic World, if we're counting Strange as a summer movie, then those are all going to be bigger than Thor, for sure. Now, he,
0: here's a question. Do you think Thor Love and Thunder ends up lagging out to more than Ragnarok Mage, which was 315,
1: you know what? That, let's save that I'd let's save that, under. Let's save that for after we've got the opening weekend number coming in. I think that's something to discuss down the line.
0: I'd um, go I'd still as as much as I'm high on this opening, I, I would still go under on that.
1: I would go under hundred percent. But again, yeah. I am compromised. But uh I, I I don't think this will end up uh making more than Ragnarok at the end. Um So do we want to do our top fives? I mean, we have some other business to get to, including I think we should go through some emails and we've got to talk the big, you know, the big movie news that came out this week. But do we want to do our top fives right now? Uh, I
0: mean, I think the top fives are as a slam doink. I don't think there's anything here that is going to surprise. I mean... Thor Love and Thunder, Slam Doink number one. Munions, mm-hmm. The Rise of Gru, Slam Doink number two. Mm-hmm. Top Gun Maverick, Slam Doink number three. Elvis is a Slam Doink number four. And then Jurassic World Dominion is a Slam Doink number five.
1: Yeah. I mean, I actually think, though, the there is uh, the four and five could flip. You know, you
0: think, uh, you think Jurassic World could take down Elvis.
1: I'm still gonna say Elvis, but if you look at what they made last weekend, Elvis made eighteen point four, the Dinos made sixteen point three. So it could flip, but I I would I would predict the same top five that you did. Elvis four and, and dinos five. Because Elvis Dominion, is doing well, people like it. Dominions well, Dem- losing screens.
0: And that's a direct crossover. Right. Jurassic World, Dominion, and Thor, Love and Thunder. Yes. That demo is a direct crossover, as opposed to Elvis, which has, again, a steady flow of older women.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, And I was looking, because I have not seen the dinos yet myself, and I do want to see it in theaters. And I was looking up uh, uh, some theaters near me. And it is losing screens like it is fully coming out of some theaters this weekend. Mm -hmm. So I I think the dinos might actually be losing the most screens out of anything in this top five. Let's see
0: what the numbers says. Um, But either way, yeah, is losing 550 screens. Yeah. I mean it's not the biggest loser because black phones leaving uh, losing five hundred and ninety-seven and guess who the biggest loser is? Lightyear light year has, has to be is losing
1: eight hundred and ten screens. Yes. Yeah. yeah, just to put it out of its misery and put it on Disney Plus. Pull so the lever actually,
0: and take it to Disney Plus.
1: Uh, I do want to read this email speaking of Lightyear, uh, that a listener of ours a wanna be oh boy, Nathan who says that he is uh, the host of the Fast Food Film Friends podcast. Uh, Definitely will check that out. And so you guys check out Fast Food Film Friends podcast. And Nathan says, uh, okay, I have a a few other things. There's a bigger question I have for you, Clayton and Pat. If Lightyear is barely trailing the Good Dinosaur's 123 million in a month, Will Disney pull out all the stops to barely push it over the edge, or would Bob Chapstick prefer to use Lightyear's all-time worst Pixar performance as justification to put all these movies on streamo moving forward? So Nathan, great question. He's basically asking, do we think Disney will try and get Lightyear over the finish line so it finishes ahead of the good dinosaur 123 million or is it going to throw it on D plus soon and use lightyear's performance as an excuse to pull all future Pixar movies from theatrical? I mean that's a great question. It's a that's great awesome great question. question.
0: And I mean that's the kind of thinking that our that are wanna be boys, wanna girls, wannabe to People, people do, and that's what makes them uh, just a higher level yes. of podcast listener. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a chance he will do that mm-hmm. because you can't you can't underestimate what Chapstick will do. Yeah, and I think that if he really has a thing against. Pixar, which it seems that he does, a hundred percent. Why wouldn't he? I mean, he would say, "Listen, you took a character that should have been a slam doink mm-hmm. and
1: you blew it." Right, right, right. You blew it. Now is he yeah, saying it- that to Pixar or to the audience? I feel like Bob Chapstick is yelling at both. He's yelling at both Pixar for blowing it a light year. And yelling at the audience for not going to see it in the movie theater.
0: No, I think he's yelling at Pixar he's uh, yelling because he's, at he's Pixar. not going to yell okay. at the audience because it's not the audience's fault, you know?
1: But this is Bob Chapstick we're talking about, so so he's all over the place. He's erratic. But yeah. you're probably right. He's yelling at Pixar. Nathan, I do think Disney is is maybe going to pull that next Pixar movie before it ever hits theaters. I, I definitely see a world in which Elemental, which right now is slated for a release on Father's Day, June 2023, where that ends up opening on Disney Plus instead. And mm-hmm. Lightyear is the the scapegoat or is the, the reason they give for pulling off future Pixar movies. I definitely don't think they're going to try and pull all the stops to get it ahead of Good Dinosaur because I don't even think there's any stops Disney could really pull. You know, Mm -hmm. short of of bribing families with free tickets to the theme park, you know, like what are they going to do to get these people to go see a movie they don't want to see? You know, you can't just put it in more screens and I guess they could pair it in drive-ins this weekend with Thor, that that might be the one trick. You know, we'll see if that happens this weekend, if Lightyear gets a little bit of an upswing because Disney gets it paired with Thor at, at drive-ins and other two-for-ones. But short of that, I don't think there's anything they could do to pump these numbers up. People don't want Lightyear.
0: And even if it barely beats the good dinosaur... Right. It's going to be a, a, a bittersweet victory. I mean, it's not even a victory. It's, no, it's no. crazy that they had to, to go and, and... I mean, if I was Bob Chapstick, I would say, you're making me put all this promotional muscle behind a Lightyear movie to push it past Good Dinosaur.
1: Yeah, it's embarrassing. Like,
0: what am I doing with your company? There's right. something wrong here.
1: Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I think that of of, uh, of Nathan's two scenarios, I think the more likely one is that they pull the plug on a theatrical re- release for Pixar's next movie. Mm-hmm. So great, great question from Nathan from the Fast Food Film Friends podcast. So check that out. Um, yeah, so do we want to get into the big news that dropped this week about a huge movie that is coming out this September that that we weren't sure was going to get a theatrical release but the announcement went out is it is it time to talk about this movie Clayton
0: I mean we got to talk about it briefly because it's not coming out till September right but But the news dropped
1: this week the news dropped this week so it's hot news
0: so we can touch on it. And, of course, you are talking about Kevin Smith's mm-hmm. end of the trilogy. Yeah. Clerks 3 is finally getting a release date. And it is going to be a Fathom event.
1: Yeah, it is a Fathom event. And, listen, we've talked a lot about getting more use out of Fathom events, getting TV show premios on Fathom events did this feel a little deflating to you, though, once you learn that Clerk's Three was a Fathom event and not a traditional theatrical release? And I know this is the way Kevin Smith has been going for a long time now. You know, Red State and Tusk, Yoga Hosers, and Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. These have all been roadshow releases, Fathom events. They haven't been traditional wide theater releases or even, you know, indie releases, mm-hmm. but the clerks franchise, you know, that is to Kevin Smith. That is his Pixar. That's his, you know, a uh, uh, toy story. That's his premium brand. Dude, and it's his see,
0: fucking godfather.
1: It's his godfather. It is. It is the main thing that Kevin Smith has. And I still thought that the Clerks IP was would be worthy of a traditional theatrical release. Though mm-hmm. so I will say I am disappointed to hear it's getting the Jay and Silent Bob reboot type of release. I thought that Clerks 3 is a movie you put out an AMC's and, and and you know you put it out traditionally. Because I uh, listen, I'm looking, I'm pulling up right now the Clerks Two box office. And again, Clerks Two came out in two thousand six. Mm-hmm. But it is a movie that in its opening weekend of July twenty first, two thousand six, Clerks Two made ten million dollars. You know that was a up-
0: generation ago though.
1: It is, but that generation is still alive. You know, I mean, all generations have lost people in the last 16 years, but it's a generation that is now in their 40s and 50s. So there should be very mostly alive. And we, mm-hmm. we see that generation is going back to the theater with Maverick, with Elvis. So... I, I I just feel like listen. I'm glad it's going out in theaters and all at all. Uh, at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad Clerks Three is not just uh, you know uh, going straight to Apple TV or Amazon Prime or to you know Pluto TV or to Tubi or to ViewBoo or something like that. But I would have hoped it would have just gotten a traditional theatrical release.
0: Well, you of- know what's int- you, you know what we should do. Mm -hmm. is we should reach out to Kevin Smith. Sure. And we should ask him why why a Fathom event and why not traditional? Mm -hmm. Like, even if it's a not wide release, but a platform release. Mm -hmm. I mean, he may think, if I have a bad first weekend on a platform, then it's going to look... I mean, he's had a history of, of box office that has been heartbreaking to him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe there's something there where he doesn't want to take that lottery role. He doesn't want to take that gamble with a wide release. And he wants his hardcores to be able to see it in this theater, but he doesn't want to have to deal with, will the Joe Schmoes and the the, uh, Janet Schmoes, will Mm -hmm. they walk into a theater not knowing it's playing, see it and say one for Clerks 3.
1: Right, 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 right. Because
0: because it's not a judgment on him. I'm just so curious. And he has done this with previous movies, as we've said, but not the crown jewel. It's curious because even, listen, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, that movie did very well. That was a big hit for him. Mm -hmm. But that's still not his marquee franchise.
1: No, no, no. It's the listen within the Pixar world. Jay it's and Toy Silent Story. Bob is well, Jay and Silent oh. Bob is Mon is the Monsters Inc., Monsters University franchise or the okay. Cars franchise. It's like a second tier, but Clerks is Toy Story. Mm-hmm. You know, Clerks is the the primo A plus brand of the View verse, and yeah. uh, you know. Listen, I again, you're right. I'd love to talk to Kevin Smith because he's got this this release model that he has been using and obviously he's the one who made the decision to not try and get Clerk's a traditional release. So I, yeah, I'd love to hear why because I do think this is still a movie that could have opened to like 6 million dollars maybe if it had a full 3,000 screen release. And it's not that... Listen, you look ahead. September's not exactly jam-packed with big, big movies. You know, Mm -hmm. there's an opening in September where clerks could have surprised and made $6 million opening weekend. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where it's... it's, I think it's being distributed by Lionsgate, correct?
1: It is, yeah. So... It's a real studio.
0: And... You know, theaters need product.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so so, so Kevin Smith, listen, we know Kevin Smith has a podcasting microphone. You know, he's got oh. a USB plug-in mic. He'll sound great. So the offer is out there. Come on the B.O. boys and let's talk some business. You know, we're, we're yes. not going to get into, we're not critics, huh? We're not going to huh. go, eh, and we love these movies.
0: And I was going to say, we're, we're gonna fans. be we're like, fans. We're fans of his. I mean, yeah. we've talked about this off mic right. that, you know, we were itching for Clerks Three, and he was on one of our favorite podcasts, Blank Check. Mm-hmm. And we he 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 did a Sam, they, you know, they do these series about directors. The Sam Raimi series, which was excellent, was uh just recent. And he did a simple plan, and we Both were texting while listening to it, being like, "This guy is great. We love, we'll love this guy forever."
1: Right, right, and he sounded great. He obviously has his own microphone. He sounded great Mm -hmm. on the podcast, so he'd sound great on an episode of the Bo Boys. Yeah. So yes, come on, let's let's talk about the release strategy. It'll be promotion for the movie, of course. Absolutely. Um, and uh, you know. Maybe he's seen the numbers behind the scenes, and maybe this is this is the the, the best way to make a buck for for what this movie is. Who knows? But, he's
0: been on the ground floor with all this stuff. He's he's uh, distributed his stuff independently. He's done all these different things that he'll be educating us as well. So
1: yeah. yeah. Um, now, but either way, it is huge news. Clerks Three will be in theaters September 13th and 15th. Fathom Events, the Bo Boys. Will be at one of these screenings for sure. A thousand sure. percent.
0: A yeah. thousand percent.
1: Yeah. Now, so listen, if you're th- in New York and you go to one of those two Fathom events, good chance you're going to be in the same uh, theater as a bo boy. So, yep,
0: exactly. that's another Just, draw for I, this movie. What I would say is stand mm-hmm. up before the movie starts mm-hmm. and say, "If you're a bo boy, a a wanna be a boy, wanna be a girl, a wanna be a person, person." Just say hey Pat and Clay.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And
0: we'll say hey back. We won't yep. know your name, but we'll say hey back. Yep. And then that's it. Leave it at that.
1: Yep. Yep. Um yeah. So so that'll be big. Clerk's coming out in September. We'll be following. Well, you that know story. what
0: else? So we got an email. Before we go, because we have, we did not talk about this email when we got it, and it is a spectacular email, and it's from wannabe old boy Marcus. Okay. And Marcus was talking about something that I have fallen victim to, which is the PLF spoilage syndrome, which is it's hard to get excited for a standard digital screening anymore. And he's talking about how the AMC is going to start installing laser projectors mm-hmm. in 3500 of their auditoriums and how there's already some in his area of the country which I will not I will not disclose because of anonymity issues yes yes but he also mentioned a movie that he emailed us about back in 2021 Mm-hmm. The Sylvester Stallone movie Samaritan. Do you remember this?
1: I do remember this, yes.
0: And so he sent us, he talked, uh, we talked about this, we talked about this movie, and he has given us the uh information that this movie, Samaritan, is going to hit Amazon Prime on August 26th.
1: Wow. So it's
0: not going to get him in theaters and marcus said sly stallone has been shot down by the streamers add him to the wall of photos in tom cruise's locker wow i mean fallen fallen hero yeah stallone stuck on a streamer and amazon prime which is by far the worst of them for dumping movies
1: well, because the thing about Amazon Prime is it's always so hard to tell with their movies whether they are Amazon originals or whether they stuff you have to rent. So whenever mm-hmm. there's something that is a straight-to-VOD dump that is sent to Amazon Prime... It really feels like a dump because it doesn't feel like an Amazon, like a streamer specific original. The way yeah. if something's on Netflix, if something's on Disney Plus, it's feels like an event within that streamer.
0: But Amazon mm.
1: Prime, like Samaritan, will just be sitting next to Escape Plan Two, yes. on the homepage, and you won't know is this a new. Sliced alone, straight to VOD video movie, or is this one that came out seven years ago on Prime? Yeah. Everything, everything looks old on Amazon Prime. So, Marcus,
0: this is a great email. Great email. So i I didn't remember this, but I, my advice to him was to keep an eye, his eyes peeled at the local Redbox kiosk, mm-hmm. making sure to get down on all fours to check the lower rows. And I said that, and he says, now, over a year later, I had to get down in nearly that low into the final paragraphs of a Hollywood reporter story published yesterday, Russell Crowe to star in a supernatural thriller, The Pope's Exorcist, to learn that Samaritan will hit Amazon Prime on August 26th. So it's true. I mean, he metaphorically had to get down on all 4s hmm
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that is great. Boots on the ground, out in the field reporting from a wannabe old boy. So, Marcus, I mean, we thank you for your service. Thank you for digging deep into the bowels of a Hollywood Reporter article to find out that Sly Stallone Samaritan is going to Amazon Prime on August 26th. That is some incredible reporting that you've done for us this week.
0: Marcus, we speak your name.
1: Hmm. Um. Yeah. Great, great email. And he asked for a shout out and boy, did he earn it. So Marcus asked if I could request a shout out to my buddy, Sean Pry, who started listening to the show recently. That'd be great. Here's your shout out, Sean Pry. You've got a great friend in Marcus and he's doing some incredible things for the BO boys. So, you know, just treat your buddy well. You know, take him out for lunch for what he just did for us. We're not going to pay for it, but I mm-hmm. think Sean Pry, take your buddy Marcus out for lunch because because he's earned it.
0: Absolutely. I mean, uh, listen, under twenty bucks.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's lunch. It's lunch. It's 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 a sandwich at best. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. I so think if that's you're spending more than twenty small. bucks on lunch, that's that's crazy.
0: It's nuts. So. That's that's a great email. Uh, keep on emailing us, Marcus. Also, really gotta gotta just touch on Austin, Austin, uh, the the great Austin, who came on our show. I think what was it? Not last Thursday, but the Thursday before. We had a great conversation. He's going high on
1: mm-hmm. love and thunder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: He's saying one sixty six.
1: Yeah, so he's going above the high end of the tracking. And listen, you know, he's not unlike me, Austin is not compromised. I don't think no. at the time he made this prediction, he had not seen the movie. Um and it's hard to ever bet against Austin because I mean, this guy knows his stuff and we've had him on and he he's been so prescient with his predictions. But I I mean again, I, I I just think the weekend is gonna trend downward as more people see and talk about this movie.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, we don't I mean it's gonna be very interesting tomorrow morning when we're refreshing deadline and we see those pre preview numbers because those will tell the tale.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, is there anything else, Pat, that we needed to talk about in this jam-packed Thursday preview episode?
1: I mean, there is one more thing that I want to throw out there. I want to throw out a challenge to someone. Is it okay if I do this, Clayton? Oh wow, you're doing this now. Okay, do it. I, I feel like now is the time. So I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this. This is brought to my attention. Because uh, here's the thing is we love box office more than anything. We love box office analysis more than anything. And we respect the people in this box office analyst game who have earned it. Yes. The B.O. boys have earned it. Of course, Scott Mendelson from Forbes, the legend. Jeff Bach, Exhibitor Relations Co., Brandon Gray, Box Office Revival. Uh, uh, Anthony D. Alessandro, Deadline. The youngsters coming up on the rise like Austin. Like uh uh we've got all our listeners here. We've got David Danny, Thompson. we've got D- David Thompson, we've got Danny from ice screen, you scream four movies, the box office analyst community. And it bothers me when I see an outsider who hasn't earned it spouting off about box office numbers mm-hmm. and spouting off in a way in which it is clear. They have not done the their homework and 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 they are talking from a place of ignorance so the person I'm talking about is someone named Ben Shapiro. he is a political commentator i guess and he's a podcaster apparently he's got a popular podcast
0: i'm not familiar I'm not really familiar with uh, uh political podcast landscape
1: he's in that in that swamp there of of talking politics or whatever and i guess he's got a follow following in that yeah but he waded into box office waters this week uh stay in your swamp and he came out of the ooze to talk about box office and this is what he said he said for those who argued that Lightyear tanked because of confusion about streaming versus theatrical or because parents weren't going to theaters as much. Minions, The Rise of Gru just did more business in one weekend than Lightyear has over its entire theatrical run. Go woke, go broke. So that is his statement. Basically, breaking it down is his whole analysis is that Lightyear tanked because it had, I guess, I haven't seen this film, but it had a lesbian kiss in the movie. Mm-hmm. And the Munyans did well because it's anti-woke. So those, that was his statement. And we are not going to wade into political waters at all. No. Not at all. But what infuriates me about that is that we have, on this show, broken down Many times, why Lightyear tanked? Why yes. the Munyans have done so well? Knowledgeable, not even just knowledgeable, people who know box office like the back of their hand, Scott Mendelssohn has broken down why Lightyear tanked, why Munyans has done well. And it has nothing to do with politics. You know, someone like Ben Shapiro, yeah. everything is politics. Everything is is culture wars. Yes, And the reasons that these movies perform the way they did have nothing to do with those reasons. So it infuriates me that someone like that is going to lie to all of his followers about why Lightyear Tanks, about why Munions did so well. And all of the people who listen to him, who follow him, are going to be misinformed about the box office. They're going to be misinformed about... Why Munyans perform so well, and that to me is 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 just a blight on our country to have all of these people misinformed about the box office because someone is wading into territories of which they know nothing. Yes, and so here is what I'll say, and this is something he loves to say out there, he says this to people all the time. I'll say Tim. Debate me. Ben Shapiro, debate me.
0: Wow. So you want to De- debate.
1: I want to debate with Ben Shapiro about the box office performances of Lightyear and the Munyans, And I will have that debate anywhere. He's have it in in his home territory in in, okay. a, in a stadium. An arena, or whatever it is, whatever he could fill of all of his followers, and I will go there, and I will get on a stage in 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 enemy territory, and I will turn every single one of those people who came there because of him. They will turn around by the time our debate is done, because they will know why the Munyans open so well. They'll know why Lightyear bombed. And by the end of that debate, they will all be on my side.
0: Well, you've got the truth on your side, and also I've got the truth on my the side. Great thing about box office is that it's about dollars. It's about numbers. It's about yes. things that can't be argued with. Yes. And where I take umbrage with this is, and obviously, you know, we'll bring it up in the debate, is that by saying people are choosing munions for a reason other than their love of onions, Right. Denigrates Munions. It denigrates this great American franchise that now, like we said, it's apple pie and I said baseball, but it's bigger than baseball. Yes. And so to say that people are only going to see the Munions because they are protesting against Lightyear is it just completely shows a. This like no knowledge of how box office works,
1: right? Right, and no a knowledge complete... of the the state of that franchise versus even just the size of the Toy Story franchise. Even if yes. Lightyear had been a traditional Toy Story movie, mm-hmm. you know this this guy clearly has not done the research into what these franchises are, how they've performed before. He's making his analysis based on how he feels about these groups. You know, yes. Ben Shapiro is doing his box office analysis based on how he feels about quote-unquote woke culture or or gay people. And that is all that his, his uh, analysis is based on. It's his feelings there. And on the B.O. boys side, we're going with box office facts. We're going yeah. with the numbers. And when it comes to box office analysis, it's all about the numbers. The numbers don't care about your feelings.
0: A hundred percent. Wow. So putting it out there,
1: putting it out there. Debate the B.O. Boys. Piero. You're in on this. Yeah. You'll of join us. Of course. Okay, great. So, so debate us. Ben Shapiro, debate
0: And I mean, we're not talking about January 6th. Right. Right? So like- We're not going to bring any- Why is he talking about- Right. Why is he talking about light year?
1: Exactly.
0: That's all we're saying is like, if you, listen, you could talk about January 6th as much as you want. We're not going to comment on that because we know we don't have any sort of understanding of that.
1: Well, we, not on the, the, we're not going to use the BO boys forum to talk about politics.
0: Uh, well, yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. That's not right. our our, our uh, uh metier.
1: Right, right, right. So so yeah. Debate us wherever you want. We'll do it in front of your 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 fans, and by the end of it, I have no doubts that they will completely turn around by the end of that.
0: So do we do our call to action? Do we get our wannabe o boys, wanna be o girls, wanna BO? people people to hashtag at ben shapiro debate the bo boys
1: debate the bo boys yeah yeah make it happen make it happen because i know they'd all like to hear it oh of course it would be i mean it would just be another opportunity to hear the bo boys talk so they would love and
0: this it. and and this guy's got a following, right? So, uh,
1: we supposedly, might... I, I, I apparently he's popular. So,
0: okay, uh, we, we, you know, we may find a few wanna be O boys, wanna be O girls, wanna be O people yeah, in his after... audience that want to jump uh, on this train.
1: Right. We'll turn them around with the facts about the Munyons, with the facts about uh, uh, why Lightyear bombed. Hmm. So, yeah, debate us. Debate wow. the Bo Boys.
0: Such a strong statement for so late at night.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's, that's right. when you, that's when you throw out challenges.
0: Yes. So Pat, uh, where can they find us? Where can Ben Shapiro find us?
1: I mean, Ben Shapiro, email us at the Bo Boys Podcast at gmail.com. and just tell us when and where mm-hmm. you want to debate about the Munyans opening weekend.
0: Okay. Right. Let us and know. And then, I don't think, I mean, I don't think there's anything left to say, right?
1: No. There's nothing left to say at this point, except.
0: Until next time.
1: We'll, we'll smell, smell you, you at the, the box, box.